Greetings to those who watch below. I'm now finally in my brand new office and ready to get back to a more stable schedule. Because we missed yesterday's video, I'm not going to be doing a creep pasta today, but the actual scheduled video I was going to do. And I know you guys like cryptids. So today we're going to look at five truly terrifying aquatic cryptids. But before we start, I'd like to say thank you to those who dwell below. An exclusive channel membership you can check out using the link in the description box. So thank you to Steffi Ray, Wicked Witch, Lisa Watts, Lefty Kim, M.A. Way, Julie B, Jess Black Curtain, Christina Groves, and Matthew Culgan. Also, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the channel, making sure you hit that notification bell so that you never miss a video. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. The Canvey Island Monster the Canvey Island Monster is the name given to a creature whose body washed up on Canvey Island in Great Britain. The creature had reddish-brown skin, gills, and bulging eyes. It had hoof-shaped feet with small claws, sharp teeth, and was small. Only two bodies of this creature were ever discovered. Some people think that this is a species of anglerfish. Others think it is some alien creature that needed water, that died before getting into the water. The most likely explanation, though, is that it is a frogfish, which is a type of anglerfish. They live in the Atlantic, Pacific and Indian Ocean, as well as the Red Sea. They have many features similar to the Canvey Island monster, such as reddish-brown skin, large eyes and feet. The specimen that washed up in 1953 was described as being 2.4 foot long, with the thick reddish-brown skin eyes and gills. It was also described as having hind legs with five-toed horseshoe-shaped feet with concave arches, which appeared to be suited for bipedal locomotion, but it had no forelimbs. Its remains were cremated after a cursory inspection by zoologists, who said that the creature posed no danger to the public. A second specimen in 1954 was described as being very similar to the first, but much larger, at about four foot long, and weighed about 25 pounds. It was sufficiently fresh for its eyes, nostrils and teeth to be studied, though no official explanation was given at the time as to what it was or what happened to the carcass afterwards. The carcass is now considered to have actually been a monkfish, a close relative of the anglerfish with an extremely similar body shape to the surviving photos of the monster. The Canadian and Cuban Albino Shark When one thinks of the Great White Shark's habitat, several areas of the globe spring to mind. The waters surrounding Australia would probably be top of the list. Close behind would be the waters around South Africa and the cool Pacific waters off the northern California coast. Other areas like the northeastern Atlantic coastline of the US or the waters off of New Zealand, Japan or Chile might be mentioned. Very few people would mention the Gulf of Mexico as a great white shark habitat. Fewer still would guess that one of the largest, if not the largest great white sharks ever caught would have been pulled from the warm waters of the Gulf. However, that is precisely the case. The great white shark does infrequently prowl the waters of the Gulf of Mexico. This would include areas off the Texas coast as far south as Corpus Christi and Padre Island. These fish are present enough to warrant recognition 
from the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department. Early one morning in June of 1945, six Cuban fishermen set out from Kojimar, probably best known as the town where Ernest Hemingway wrote The Old Man and the Sea. The men set off in a 14-foot wooden skiff to fish for their standard fare of tuna, dorado, marlin and shark. Little did they know what they were in for that day. The group took their small craft out about three miles from the coast and dropped their baited lines hoping to get some large marlin. Several hours passed with no fish showing even the hint of interest in their bait of fresh ballyhoo. The men noticed that other boats in the area didn't appear to be having any luck either. They may have thought this unusual, but anyone who has ever fished knows that there are days when, for no readily apparent reason, nothing bites. At about 9am, however, the reason for the lack of action became clear, as a huge dorsal fin sliced through the water near the skiff. These were experienced men who fished for a living. They had seen many sharks, but nothing like this specimen. They knew that if they could land the beast, it would fetch a handsome price. They had no tackle suitable for tangling with this monster, so they improvised. They baited a hook with half of a tuna that was bitten in half by a smaller shark the previous day and tossed it into the water. The shark took the bait and began taking line. No man alive could have landed this fish using his hands only. Knowing this, the men had tethered the line to several palangras. Palangras are small wooden rafts or floats that are used to add buoyancy and resistance to help wear down large fish. After more than an hour had passed, it seemed the fish was tiring. The men retrieved the line and prepared to harpoon the shark. When the great white was within 20 feet of the boat, it suddenly made a run straight at the keel. It struck the small craft with incredible force and began biting the keel. Wooden splinters flew in all directions. The shark retreated, circled and prepared for another attack run. The fishermen, feeling they would not have another chance, readied their harpoon. They were successful in harpooning the fish, but this didn't stop the attack. This time the shark took a bite out of the rudder. The great white continued to fight mightily for a while, but finally died and was brought back to shore. According to records, the great white measured in excess of 21 feet in length and weighed an astounding 7,100 pounds. The size and weight of the Kojima shark has been hotly debated ever since. Some, based on photo analysis, say the shark was close to 16 feet in length and was never officially weighed. Regardless, it is one of four sharks that are known to be monster great whites. This includes an Australian specimen caught in 1870, measuring 36 feet in length, a New Brunswick Canadian shark that is said to have been 37.6 feet, caught in 1930s, and most incredibly of all, a great white caught by a Portuguese trawler just west of the Azores that was said to be a mind-blowing 41.2 feet in length. While the accepted maximum size of the Great White is roughly 20 feet, sightings of larger sharks continue to come in from time to time. One of the most impressive recent sightings is of a huge shark that bit another 11-foot-long Great White nearly in half off of the coast of Australia back in 2009. Even more recently, a dinosaur-sized Great White was seen attacking and swallowing a manhole off of a South African beach in January of 2010. 
huge sharks do still rule the oceans of the world, and yes, that does mean at least occasionally the gulf of the coast of Texas. So this begs the question, how many other monster great whites are lurking in our oceans? Trunco Trunco is the nickname for a cryptid reportedly sighted in Margate, South Africa on October 25, 1924, according to an article entitled Fish Like a Polar Bear, published in the Daily Mail. The animal was first seen off the coast battling two killer whales, which fought the unusual creature for three hours. It used its tail to attack the whales and reportedly lifted itself out of the water by about 20 feet. The creature washed up on Margate Beach, but despite being there for 10 days, no scientist ever investigated the carcass while it was beached. So, no reliable description has ever been published, and until September 2010, it was assumed that no photographs of it had ever been published. Some people who have never been identified reported to have described the animal as possessing snowy white fur, an elephantine trunk, a lobster-like tail, and a carcass devoid of blood. While it was beached, the animal was supposedly measured by beachgoers and turned out to be 47 feet in length, 10 feet wide, and 5 foot high, with the trunk's length being 5 foot long. The trunk's diameter was 14 inches, and the tail was 10 foot long, with fur being 8 inches long. The trunk was said to have been attached directly to the animal's torso, as no head was visible on the carcass. For this feature, the animal was dubbed Trunco by British cryptozoologist Carl Schuker. In the March 27, 1925 edition of the Charleroi Mail, an article entitled Whales Slain by Hairy Monster reported that whales were killed by a strange creature which washed upon the beach exhausted and fell unconscious, but made its way back into the ocean and swam away after 10 days, never to be seen again. The Oklahoma Octopus The Oklahoma Octopus is a cryptid generally said to inhabit three of the freshwater man-made lakes of Oklahoma, where it attacks and kills unsuspecting swimmers. Although no physical evidence exists in the case of the Oklahoma Octopus, many point to the high mortality rate and large number of unexplained drownings in the Oklahoma lakes as a clear sign of its presence. There have also been numerous reported sightings, the Oklahoma octopus is most likely a cephalopod, more specifically an octopus according to the descriptions of the creature. This would make the Oklahoma octopus the only freshwater dwelling cephalopod species. This would not make this animal entirely unique, as numerous members of the shark family live in freshwater environments, including the Ganges River shark. Some skeptics doubt the existence of such an octopus, However, octopi have been recorded, at least for brief periods of time, living in freshwater environments. One such case involves a common octopus being caught at Lake Conway in Faulkner County, Arkansas. The animal was most likely a released pet that survived long enough to cling onto the gates of the lake's dam. According to the rumours, the Oklahoma octopus is about the size of a horse and, funnily enough, resembles an octopus with long tentacles and leathery reddish-brown skin. It is reported to live in Lake Thunderbird, Lake Oolagar, 
and Lake Tankella, which are all in Oklahoma. These lakes are all freshwater, man-made bodies. Due to the lakes being man-made, people suspect that the drownings are most likely the result of people getting drunk and not paying attention while swimming. The species most likely has a diet similar to a marine octopus, with it eating freshwater species similar to its marine counterpart's prey. However, the drownings in lakes where it is reported to live could be caused by the octopus. An octopus the size of a horse could have very strong tentacles able to pull an unwilling human underwater. An octopus of this size could have strong enough tentacles to pull an unwilling human underwater if it decided to develop a taste for human flesh. Yumibozu Yumibozu is a yokai that lives in the ocean and capsizes anyone's ship who dares to speak to it. Perhaps no other aquatic yokai is as mysterious as the giant Umibozu. Their true form is unknown, as they are only ever seen from the shoulders up, but they appear to be roughly humanoid in shape, with inky black skin and a pair of large round eyes. Eyewitnesses report a great range in size, from slightly larger than a ship to a size so unimaginable that only the creature's bulbous face is visible above the water. Its head is smooth and round, like that of a monk, and its body is nude and as black as shadow. Some reports make them out to be more serpentine, while others make them out to be more ghostly. Umibozu is said to appear on calm nights, where there is no sign of anything else out of the ordinary. All of a sudden, with no warning, the waves and the weather whip up into a furious condition, and out from the tumult rises a titanic creature. It moves to destroy the ship, either by smashing the hull in a single blow or taking it down bit by bit, depending on the size of both the ship and the umibozu. Occasionally, instead of smashing the ship, an umibozu will demand a barrel from the crew. It uses this to pour huge amounts of water onto the deck, quickly sinking the boat and drowning the crew. If given a barrel with the bottom removed, the umibozu will scoop and scoop to no effect, and the sailors will be able to make a lucky escape. Some say that the umibozu are the spirits of drowned priests, cast into the sea by angry villagers. These priests were then transformed into ghosts due to the horrible nature of their deaths, making them cousins of the similarly dreaded Funo Yorai, with whom they share some similarities. Others, however, say that umibozu are a type of sea monster which lives in the depths of the Seto Inland Sea, and that they are the progenitors of a large variety of other aquatic yokai. Because sightings are rare and almost always fatal, it is likely that the true nature and origin of the spirit will remain a mystery for a very long time. Hi guys, thank you so much for listening to today's video. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you want to hear about more cryptids and creatures from folklore, I do have a few ideas of types of cryptids I'd like to do in the future, but I'd always love to hear your input as well. Also, if you like the video, make sure to leave a like, and if you haven't already, please subscribe to the channel, making sure you hit that notification bell so that you don't miss the next video. So, until next time, sleep tight.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.